you know, things that happen. Yeah. and my knee still hurts. So like wow. bending oh. down and kneeling on it. Yeah, it was not very fun. That's not good. I know. It's been right? like two months, man. I know. <laughs> we might need to get that looked at. <laughs> I know. Uh, according to the internet, huh? two to f- eight weeks is the average time. For to, what? For a, a burst bursa sack. Okay. So we think you have a burst bursa sack. And so we think yes. two day weeks. Okay. I had a high school athletic trainer look at it, and I I feel like pretty confident yeah. in diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the Beyond. Was City this Park. a trainer for a high school, or was this a high schooler who is like an athletic trainer? A trainer for a high school. Okay, that makes me better. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was imagining like one of the high school students. Oh yeah, I'm an athletic trainer. <laughs> no, 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 no. I put ice in Gatorade coolers. I'm equipped to diagnose yes. your knee. <laughs> You know, my friend Christy. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you now. Yes. I'm, I'm on the same page. I <laughs> yeah. trust Christy's opinion over a high schoolers. Roxy's a listener and a contributor to the podcast. Sure. I don't think Chris, Christy is, though. Yeah. But hey, shout out to Christy. All right, welcome <laughs> back to Beyond Sunday Podcast. Maybe she'll listen now. Maybe. <laughs> Roxy, let Christy know. That's right. <laughs> welcome back. Oh, right. <laughs> to the Beyond Sunday Podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff with me, as always, Pastor David Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? And Cassandra Nagel. Woo. Is it Nagel? It is. Okay, good. I've, Just I, like Bagel with an N. Well, I've only seen it in print. I don't think I've ever said it. Mm. Well, now you have. Yeah. There you go. First time for everything. You yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad to be back. You guys I have like, done a... Like Bagel with a... Yeah. I, well, I, and actually, you said he nailed it, and Nagel means nail in German. Really? It's derived, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was making a nails, pun so. in another language, and I didn't even know it. Yeah. No, this is like my best It was very thematically appropriate. Right <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Elise... Is like doing a flying class or something? Yeah, she's, I don't know. She had a, fa- she, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. She's sure. becoming but a pilot. you forgot. I forgot what the <laughs> word is. There's a fancy word for it. She's a pi- essentially taking a test or something. It, I bet it's the word's not that fancy. <laughs> it's a word that's not. Evaluation? No. It's flight check, isn't it? Isn't it flight check? Uh, I don't think it's flight check. Test? Maybe it's flight check. I'm getting checked, flight checked. Well, I don't know. There's a, there's a word. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll hear from her. Go back a couple episodes. We'll listeners. hear from her. She talked about maybe it. Maybe next week, I yeah. guess. We'll see how if she survives. Story. I don't know. That's true. The whole point of this was that oh, she flies the plane by herself. She does now after that statement. <laughs> that <laughs> flippant comment. <laughs> the whole point is she flies the plane by herself, and if she survives, she passes. <laughs> uh, but you guys have done awesome in my in my leave. Oh, thanks. I've enjoyed being a listener to the podcast. And shout out to uh, Rick Janasek for editing. Yeah. So. Our editor in chief substitute. It's not how that, <laughs> not his title. <laughs> He's not uh, the editor in chief. Well, I mean, he kind of does a lot of things. Yeah, he, you know, at Lord of Life. I think he could be the editor in chief. Yeah, you know, I was editor of the school newspaper. Yeah, we know that you school. were. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> you talked about this before many times. <laughs> I didn't know. That's true. Cassandra didn't know. Why don't you tell Cassandra the story of your your famous days? I don't know this whole newspaper. Once upon a time when Patrick was in high school. (laughs) Like the cool kids. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I'm back. We're all back. Well, at least it's back. But Cassandra's here. And you filled in a couple times when I was gone. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my wife uh, commented and said um, she liked you after listening to the podcast. That oh, you that's very on. kind. Yes. That's high praise because I've been I'm doing a- this podcast the whole time and she's never said that about oh. me. Well, <laughs> she did send me a friend request on Facebook. Oh, so I think go. our friendship You're is in. official now. <laughs> podcast, yeah. Facebook, that's all you yes. need. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, shout out to my wife who's home. It's her birthday on <coughs> day of recording. Yeah. You got all choked up about that. That's beautiful. Uh, that's why I coughed. Yeah. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's home with our, our little boy. Woo. Go cat. Yeah. Do your thing. Happy birthday. Should we sing? No, no we should not. Yeah, well, so no. it's also uh, copyrighted. All oh, right. We have to make up our own <coughs> song like Chili's yeah. did. 
Yeah. 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 Kind of weird thing. Why is that song copyrighted? It's like I don't nothing. Know. Yeah. <laughs> and who's checking up on the copyright violations? Because I'm sure the person who wrote it is long dead. Probably. But somebody owns the copyright to it as long as they somebody keep renewing does. it. Yes. All right. Uh, let's jump into our news story. Yeah, what do you got for us? I do. Have you ever used um, like a uh, like a I'm trying to think of like Oculus Rift thing, like a like a oh a VR know, a VR headset. I have not ever used a VR headset. Cassandra, have you ever used a VR headset? I did. I just used one a couple weeks ago. For Ooh. what? Yeah. My uh, my family and I went to the Van Gogh experience, ah. and okay. so we did the VR portion of it and got Very to cool. like explore Van Gogh's hometown in france in vr and so and they gave us big headphones and i kept talking and so i imagined like for the guy that gave me the headphones he's like why is this lady like squealing in the middle of because i said "Ooh, a sheep and you know oh the moon right so it's fun it's a it's a wacky experience to Uh wear those goggles yeah Yeah. i think it'd be really fun to just be the person who gets to watch somebody walking around the room going "Ooh, a sheep and like have no idea (laughs) i was hoping that nobody was filming because we were just sitting in a big room and i had headphones and these goggles on so somebody could have put that on tiktok and i would have had no idea yeah maybe that maybe they did and maybe Maybe yeah. yeah who knows yeah um, I have also done a VR. I did a virtual reality escape room with our youth oh, yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the three boys and I did a horror-themed one. Okay. So it was pretty scary. Yeah. Were <laughs> like, there like monsters jumping out at you and stuff? A guy with a chainsaw. Okay. Oh my That's intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we ran immediately as soon as every time we saw him. So yeah. when you were doing that, were you talking to each other just through your normal... Uh, voice and ears or were you like all talking into a headset and into he- headphones i believe into a headset into okay. headphones, yes so like your voices were in the room as well yeah that's cool but uh, if you're in cassandra's predicament here you know going to the van gogh ex- exhibit and saying "Ooh, a sheep over there does he right. paint a lot of sheeps i don't know no but there were sheep in the it was the like, french in the pasture yeah okay it was, yeah it was his home area or it was his right? home yeah. area yeah. yeah okay you went to the home area and yeah there was like the there. town the town that he lived in okay. yeah. yeah and you're like hey i want to be able to stay things but I don't want people to know what I'm saying. Okay. Right? Like yeah. you have that predicament. Right. Because you want to be able to say, oh, a sheep. But you don't want anybody else to know that you're saying, oh, a sheep. Right. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. <laughs> you. Yeah. Because uh, so they can't put you on TikTok. You have noise canceling headphones. Now you want a noise canceling microphone. Because mm. we can't just not talk. Talk in our heads. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so a noise canceling microphone. So this is how you I think we're going to get you a noise canceling microphone for the podcast. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably muted right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, company Shift All, uh, which is a subsidiary of Panasonic, okay. has created the M- M- Mute Talk. <laughs> and I'm going to show you a picture of it. Okay. Are you going to show us how to spell <laughs> there it? There it is. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so it you, looks w- like you oh, strap oh, it oh. to your face. It looks kind of like a feed bag kind yeah. of a thing. Feed bag slash it uh, looks harmonica. Like a, or like a muzzle. I mean, it's, Yes. It yeah. looks horrific. Yeah. yeah. Like, it does not look comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Nor or like I understand, one of those like, flasks that you can drink from. It's just a like yeah. a cylinder. Uh-huh. Yeah. I see that. So you strap that to your face. And now anything you say into it will not be picked up by the outside world. It goes directly into whatever device it's connected to. So it'll only be monitored by Panasonic and, you know, whatever. <laughs> it won't be monitored by the world around Shift you, just all. the entire world. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So what do you think? You want this uh, device in your house? Well, so I'm not a gamer. That's not my jam. I mean, I guess it could be useful for gaming. Yeah, because you could, like, be gaming at night and not be, like, shouting into your house or something like that. If for you were sure. In a, like, I could see that, but otherwise, no, it's just... 
I've learned to cheer for the Ohio State Buckeyes and not wake up my children. You can learn to play a game without waking up whoever. Like, oh, can, I don't you think you're actually cheering then. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know. I'm a pretty good silent cheer. Is I'm there much good. to cheer about for the Ohio State Oh, Buckeyes? hey, get out of here with that. You back up. <laughs> How do you breathe when you wear that? Mm, I don't know. Question. I mean, through the nose. It doesn't cover your nose, right? But uh, it looks horrific. Like, it looks like... Uh, a torture device? Yeah. Yeah. Like... Um, this guy who's in the image here is wearing the the VR goggles and this thing on his face. Oh, let me see that again. I missed that. Right here. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that yeah. looks... Put mm. him directly in the Matrix is what yeah. it looks like. Yeah. I mean, like, that is just... You can't see his face. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just it's just plastic. All... White plastic. Yeah. yeah. Plastic and straps. You know, mm-hmm. like, it looks... Mm-hmm. You know, look, some people are into it, but, like, it is not something that uh, I think would be fun to wear. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The whole VR gaming thing, like, I'm just... I'm I'm not a huge gamer in the first place. Like I mm-hmm. like uh, the occasional video game, but I just don't get VR. I just don't get I don't, just don't get the appeal. You know where that would be really uh, helpful? Where is that? On an airplane. Mm. Sure. Yeah. If you're on a talk to on you know have a phone call on an airplane or things like that. Yeah. Maybe everybody on the airplane should wear those, and then you can select which passengers you want to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm gonna buy one so I can give it to somebody on the airplane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you've got a toddler. Strap this thing on That's its right. face. <laughs> This is the new version of oxygen masks right, <laughs> right. here. Yeah. If you have that thing, you don't need the you don't need to put it on the toddler because you just won't be able to hear the toddler. No, it only it does not noise canceling for your ears. It's noise canceling. Oh, for I thought your it mouth. had like the headset had no, noise no, canceling. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. that's that's two different devices. This is to cancel what you say, not what. No, you I understood hear. that, right. but I thought it came with the headset, which had noise canceling headphones. Uh, it retails around one hundred forty dollars, by the way. So hey, that's a steal. <laughs> is it? I'm not going to buy it, but it's way less expensive than I expected it to be. <laughs> yeah. To wear this torture device on your face. That's right. right, There you go. Well, thanks, Panasonic. And Gadget News. And Shift shift Talk. Is that what it was? Shift Talk? Shift All. Shift All. Panasonic and Shift All. I think so. Don't don't play around with that. Um, They should should send us a free sample so that we can not recommend it on the podcast. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) After we gave it such a rousing (laughs) review (laughs) based on one article from Gizmodo. That's right. (laughs) They really want to get a, send us some free ones. I'm get, sure Shift All is listening. You got to get way. that buzz marketing. Yes. That's how it works. We're <laughs> like, here for you, Shift All. If Shift All wants to send me one, I'll gladly say. Shift All, the future is now. I assume that's their logo. <laughs> Slogo? Slogan. There it is. <laughs> uh, it's got to be something about like something unheard, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, we'll, come up, we'll come up with a good logo here by the end. I'll, I'll think of one. Yeah. But if I don't, whatever. You've already, you'll forget. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, we've got some Texas news. Oh, all right. Close yeah. to home. Close to home, yeah. Um, so I don't know if you knew this. Evidently, mm-hmm. and I didn't know this either until a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, if you give a school in Texas huh. a sign that says, in God we trust, yeah, they have to put it up. They have to. That's, I, the, that's the law. That is the law, I think. It's from a in mo- the entire state? Based on my understanding of this, if, like, if that is donated to a school... They need to put it up. They, they can't put, put it up, up themselves, but unless it's what? Don- <laughs> if it's donated to them, like they can't use school money oh, to okay. buy that sign. So it's, I, so it's like it, a yeah. workaround to get in God we trust into schools. But they have to put it up. It's not a choice. It's my understanding. Okay. Yeah. This is unsurprising, but also kind of shocking that this is like an actual law. That yeah. Okay. Passed. Here we go. SB 797. Uh-huh. That is the law. I don't know what SB stands for. A Senate bill, usually. Cool. Or maybe state bill in huh. this case, yeah. 
Recently adopted Texas law that requires public schools to display a poster bearing the U.S. motto, In God We Trust, if it's donated, because the school cannot pay for it. Okay. So there you go. So if I right now walked down the street to my daughter's elementary school and handed them a poster that said, In God We Trust, I'd have to like... Like written on like a post-it note? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got to put put this up. (laughs) Texas law says you got to hang this up. (laughs) This is it. SB 797. Yeah. Stand there and assert my rights as yeah. a Texan. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's an interesting rule. I did not know that that was a law. Me neither. Cassandra, you're from Texas. Well, your Patrick's from Texas too. I'm also from I Texas. forgot that. <laughs> no, I didn't know. You didn't know. Okay. I'm not surprised though. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Glad our state legislator, you know, really doing the 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 That's Lord's right. work, tackling the hard issues. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So first, uh, let's just talk about this law. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all established how we feel about this law. Do we really need to talk about it more? Yeah. I think we're all gonna. This will work very very clear. I'm anti. I don't know that I'm like inherently anti i think it's a dumb law it's like, I, I think there's no reason that this law should exist yeah so i guess that makes me anti I guess that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm kind of whatever on in god we trust as a natural national motto yeah i think it's quite clear that we don't so like <laughs> like as a nation like uh you know we don't really trust god yeah. like you know we have fallen for the you know, securities of military might and sure. economic power, you know, which we, if you, the last podcast I did about Revelation, or one of the last ones I did, that was the beast from the sea and the earth, one of oh, those two right. things, Shucks. you know, like all nations, that's yeah. what we trust in. Yeah, so yeah. like, I don't think we actually believe it when we say that. I think we want to believe it because it kind of makes us feel very good as, as it makes know, us feel like anything we do is justified. As a, I, the, or at least the religious aspects yeah. of our nation want to believe it, but I don't think we we really trust this. I think it's reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think um, I went to public school in Texas. I don't remember there being a God We Trust sign anywhere. Maybe it was pre-law. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it would have mattered too much to my education one way or the other. Cassandra, do you remember any in God We Trust signs in your schools? Not that I can recall. Yeah. I'd have to go drive around my former schools sure. well they're probably there they're probably there any. now yeah. yeah so there are definitely groups um we might have more of a passive bleh to this yeah. law yeah there are groups out there who are very anti sure and i couldn't imagine and you want to kind of say like you know what this does not make sense it's a public school or let's push back against sb 797 yeah. and okay. see what can we do here all right so um we have had schools get donated to them in god we trust but written in Arabic. Mm, okay. And in God We Trust, but uh, written in a rainbow-themed poster, okay. All right. you know, uh, for support of the LGBTQ community. Uh-huh. So yeah. those, by the way, uh, were not put up by schools. Okay, so let's talk about... So our understanding of the law is that they would be required to put them up, which I think is the intention of these people offering these donations, right? Correct. It's not necessarily that they want more in God We Trust posters, but as long as we're putting them up there, we should be able to put them up however we want yeah okay and so they they uh they offered these posters one in arabic and one with a, a rainbow theme to it and the result was pass <laughs> so the school district said a no yeah yeah okay yeah yeah they um they're not the school board was did not put up these signs so what was their justification uh or did they just say nope i think they just said no I think the Arabic one they were dismissed as like it's not in English, and our national motto is in English. Okay, okay. So seems like a uh, 
a workaround. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're, I guess they're not wrong. Like, yeah. but, but I think it's it's clear, like, it feels like it's a little bit, obviously, of, um, hey, this is good for one group of people, yeah. not for other groups of it people. It feels like performative religion. Yes. And uh, I don't really want to spend all our time here talking about, like, just, God, we trust science in public schools. Sure. Uh, but maybe to say, what does God think about all this? Mm. Does God want an in God we trust sign? Based on your opinion, in, in public schools here in Texas. Or anywhere, for that matter. Or anywhere. Yeah. What do you think? I think that signs are signs, right? In, sign in the Gospel of John, we hear God. a lot about signs, <laughs> right? But a lot of those signs are physical embodiments of something, yeah. right? Um, and there's a big difference for me about words, regardless of the language or the color mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that are posted on a school and like a community, especially a community of young people and educators, mentors of those students embodying that text on a sign. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like the big kind of divergence that I notice. Yeah. I don't think God cares at all about this sign, um, about a a sign that says in God we trust in our public schools. I do not think that's God. This to me, it kind of reminds me of the debate where people were saying, oh, well, we've taken prayer out of public schools um, because someone has said that you can't have an organized prayer led by a teacher. Uh So now suddenly, oh, now God's not allowed in schools. Well, that's absolutely ridiculous, right? God God goes into the school with every child who carries, as Cassandra was saying, who embodies that, right? With every child who embodies um, the grace and love of Jesus Christ that goes into that school, God goes with them. And so uh, you know, the, having a sign that says, in God we trust, uh, or not having a sign, does not determine whether God is or is not present in that school. It does not make anybody in that school more or less faithful or more or less worthy of uh, mm-hmm. God's love. Um, it's just words on a page, unless it becomes something that we embody. Um, and from... Uh, <laughs> From a standpoint of, of American democracy, right, our whole understanding is that we're set up to say there is no national religion, right? Our national religion is no religion at all. And so if we have a public school where kids are required by law to go, um, it would seem unfair to also say, well, you have to believe this thing or you have to see this thing as part of your, your daily existence. Um, now, should we think about how we have uh, you know, our churches and our congregations and our homes, perhaps, um, that embody this in God we trust notion. Yeah, I think we should talk about that. Um, but I think that's very different than saying as a nation, we have this as a motto. I, I'm all for trusting God, just to be clear. Sure, sure. Trusting in God is good. Just where we put the sign. Yeah. yeah, I think slapping up signs like this, you know, in public places or whatever that looks like, it seems so performative religion-y mm-hmm. that it, I think it, it ultimately ends up like we can pat ourselves on the back by like our Christians out there are patting themselves on the back by doing this thing that looks from their perspective impressive but ultimately pays little dividends maybe even negative Mm -hmm. dividends Mm -hmm. uh to our kind of worldwide kind of a um move to bring jesus into not only the public atmosphere but in people's hearts yeah i think um it's this thing you know that uh you know that the old testament would call out often you Mm -hmm. know that god would look at his people and be like hey these people honor me with their lips Yet their hearts are far from me, yeah. and that um, he does not care about sacrifices with a with it done in a in a in a way that t- 
dishonors the whole process. Like God is not interested in like performative worship. Yeah. God is interested yeah. in something real. And for me, this just screams up performance uh, personally uh, that I think it just seems like we, you know, they're, they're, whether they're state legislatures who are like, we did this, that fixes that problem mm, of sure. prayer in school or whatever. But um, at the end of the day, it feels like it's uh, the same story that Jesus will tell us of the man loudly praying on the street corner uh, for other people to see. Yeah. Uh, that that's what it seems like to me. Um, Which in that case, the man praying on the street corner was not lifted up as the hero of the story. <laughs> Correct. Just, just in case anybody was unfamiliar with that uh, in, that ending there. Yeah. I think it. Yeah, I think it's interesting for us to reflect on like what it means as a Christian church too, right? Because we are not the only branch of religion that. believes in god right and so how does i'm thinking specifically about like kids who get bullied at school Mm. right Mm -hmm. like how are kids experiencing or longing for god right whether that's in a positive or a negative way in the school and how does you know like walking into a school building where a sign says in god we trust and then they get bullied in the Mm -hmm. hallway Mm -hmm. right like that is their experience of god right like yeah. you know why would i trust in in this you know being this thing yeah. that like is not protecting me when i'm getting picked on by by students at school so I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think about it from like a kid's perspective and how is that shaping their understanding of god their understanding of church right like kind of in our in our community and mm-hmm. neighborhood mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think too as kids get older I think they're going to be wising up here and saying, like, there's very real issues and problems and hurts, you know, that not only exist in our world, but exist here in our state of Texas, that they have questions about from issues of school safety Mm -hmm. uh, to is the power going to stay on over Christmas, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, when when it gets cold outside um, to... uh, you know, abortion rights here in our state. And regardless of where you fall on that political spectrum, these are real questions that people are going to ask and and kind of wrestle with. And I think kids are out there being like, this is really what my state legislature cares about. Is slapping up a poster in my school. Like, this is the win. You know, like, this is Mm -hmm. supposed to be like the the, we did it kind of moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, It feels kind of really silly and uh, kind of really small uh, comparatively to things that I want my state legislature to be focused in and cared about. And like I think we said, I want to do a better job of trusting in God, not only in my life, but in our communities and our churches and in our families. Like we want trust in God. I don't think that this actually moves the needle to get us there. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe this gives us maybe the bigger questions here of if God is not, I don't think God's super interested in, in God we trust posters in public schools. Is God super interested in any public displays of you know, faith like this from not only done in the public school, but in churches. Is God super interested in having a big cross uh, on the top of your church steeple? You know, like, is God care about those things? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do we think? Yeah, I think, you know, if we look at the biblical story, um, time and time again, there are places where um, symbolism and, you know, adornment of religious spaces, you know, including the temple and the tabernacle are used in order to cultivate a space in which the people can have an experience of God, an experience of the holy. Um, but those are all pretty inward focused, yeah. uh, right? You know, they're, they're experiences that are intended for the community to experience God. Um, they're not necessarily um, uh, evangelistic in their efforts, right? You know, um, the tabernacle was not designed to try to convert the Egyptians. 
Um, and, and I think that sometimes that's why we put crosses up on our churches or why we, you know, do these, uh, these big structures and things like that. In Ohio, famously, there uh, along I-75 between Dayton and Cincinnati, um, there was a big sculpture of Jesus uh, with his arms up in the air um, that was kind of... Touchdown. It was touchdown Jesus, yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, So it was actually like a bust of Jesus coming up out of this lake, and so it was just his head with his arms up, and so it was touchdown Jesus. And then touchdown Jesus got uh, struck with lightning and burned down, which is never a good sign when Jesus sure. burns down. And so they replaced it with a, a full uh, full height of Jesus, so the full body, but his arms like out to the side, and so now it's hug me, Jesus. Um, and I, you know, neither of these, I think, are... Neither of these, I think, are what God is desiring as far as Christian faith, right? If, yeah. if we're talking about embodying um, the word of God and the spirit of God, um, I don't think uh, these are things that help us do that. Um, now, they might be, uh, there might be ways in which some of these things are tools, right? I'm not opposed to having a cross on your building. I think that's a valuable thing. Um, but going out and saying, we're going to have the biggest cross in the town, right? I think we missed the point at that, mm-hmm. at that point. And there's always the connection of, of money right mm, sure. and those finances too right and so sure. the i'm just thinking about right like this touchdown jesus that burned down and i mean i'm sure a significant amount of funds right were dedicated to recreating yeah. this and you know how else could those funds have been used to you know sure to serve sure. community members who were in need um again like sort of physically embodying um our call you know, yeah. to be people and, of faith. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to push this particular congregation in front of a bus, though I think they kind of did that to themselves. Um, you know, and it's possible that they looked at this and said, this, this is a tool, right? And maybe, maybe they really genuinely thought that as, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people drive past it every day on I-75, um, that that was going to be their way to experience Jesus. And maybe that was a meaningful tool for them, but I, I it feels performative to me. It feels like, hey, look at this great thing that we did. Uh, isn't it great that we have this statue that we're sure. that we're known for or whatever, um, as opposed to, yeah, saying like, hey, we have a, a huge food pantry that now people can come to or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. I and mean, how else can we yeah. yeah, think about that? Because, yeah, you pointed to the, the prophets previously. Right. I mean, you've got um, Micah and Amos and Jeremiah, all of them railing against people who are about this performative act or about doing the sacrifice, about the religious festival, about following the law, as opposed to caring for the poor, caring for the orphan, caring for the widow. Um, and doing the things that uh, that God is really caring and passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. I think this question always kind of circles in my head. Like, what does God want in these kinds of situations? Mm. I think, you know, a touchdown Jesus statue, it's easy to be like, yeah, that's probably not what God wants. Or like <laughs> my home church in San Antonio, Texas, built a giant cross when they moved to a new property so that their cross would be bigger than the Mormon church's cross down the Nice. Road. Yeah. And I don't like... Stick like, it to them. Sure. In your face, Mormons. <laughs> like, I don't think that that's what God wants. But at the same time, like, it's undeniable, like, the... When the Catholic Church, like, you know, commissioned Michelangelo to paint the Sistine Chapel, sure. that took a lot of funds and took yeah. a lot of time that could have done a lot of good to their community at the time. But yet that artwork has transcended, you know, that one period of time and to create faithful, meaningful expressions hundreds of years later. Uh, my father-in-law goes to New York. Um, whenever he goes to New York, he wants to go to the St. Peter's Basilica, the church there, mm-hmm. uh, to where it, that took generations to build and handcraft. And he is Jewish and says it's a spiritual experience to walk through that place, um, to see the intense, you know, dedication to making something beautiful that cost a tremendous amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know what the right answer is, right? Like, is 
all funds that could be going towards this art should go towards social programs or is there a way to balance that? And I don't really know what is right. I know, I believe, and in God we trust poster uh, in the school right next to where they serve tater tots is not the, the right answer. Sure. But that doesn't necessarily mean that beautifully ordained worship spaces is the, is also the wrong answer. Right. Well, and I think yeah. that's what you get when you get the experiences of the Old Testament when we're talking about the tabernacle and the temple, right? Yeah. That um, God does... Um, give uh, very clear instructions on how to build these spaces that create sacred space for the community to uh, invoke and to experience the holy. Right. I yeah. think that is a that is a, an important and meaningful uh, expression. But if we're doing those things, if we're building those things, and I would even argue that this that the Sistine Chapel might fall into this category, even if we look at it differently hundreds of years later. But if we do these things out of a desire to make ourselves look great, mm-hmm. um, then I think we have missed the point. Right. If if we create a space. Um, that is expensive and that is, uh, you know, takes years to build um, with the intention of helping uh, ourselves and others experience the holy and experience God in a meaningful way. I think those are uh, dollars well spent, I think. And, and as we use it in that intent, then I think those are dollars well spent. But if that's the only if that's the only thing that we're doing, if we say we have a, a congregation of 400 people and we've built this space and now these 400 people are allowed to use this space to exp- like we're, we're missing it. It's just mm-hmm. it's not. It's not a full picture of what God is about Um, because God certainly ordains the temple, but God also allows the temple to be destroyed when Israel is not following through uh, with caring for the poor and caring for the orphan and caring for the widow and the stranger in their land and all of those other pieces that are lifted up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's kind of a challenge here to to kind of navigate those waters and, you know, and the church has always struggled to, I think, do that, you know, and uh, probably part of maybe why touchdown Jesus or, uh, now hug me, Jesus. Maybe fails that test is maybe sometimes even like the artistic quality. Maybe oh, sure. it's pretty low. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I think, um, you know, for really hundreds of years, the church kind of dominated the art scene yeah. in, mm-hmm. in Europe, and every work of major art was commissioned by the church, mm-hmm. from music to uh, you know paintings to plays, um, and you know that uh the ones that stood the test of time are the ones that were like, wow, what a beautiful artistic representation. Yeah. And the ones that didn't just got thrown into a fire with somewhere along the way, yeah. you know, that maybe were, were garbage and maybe you're just as gaudy and ugly as a touchdown Jesus, you know? Yeah. So, you know, maybe history reveals what, what matters, you yeah. know, in a, in a sense. The uh, thing here too is it right. It doesn't have to be an either or, right? Yeah. I mean, we, God is a God of abundance, right? And so if, if we are faithful with the, the blessings that God has placed into our care, I'm confident that there is abundance enough to care for the poor and the the orphan, the widow, and to create sacred and holy spaces that allow people to have meaningful encounters with God. Yeah. I, th- I think I think God's abundance allows for both of those things to happen. It, we don't have to uh, create a false dichotomy between the two. Where oh well, we can either build a great church or we can feed the hungry. I don't know. We got to, like I, you can do both of those things. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Any other thoughts on this? I'm good. Me too. Yeah. Did we come up with a better slogan for... <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Me no. neither. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what the name of the company was. Yeah, Shiftall. Shiftall, there <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, maybe screaming into the void is kind of like what it... Yeah. But don't wake up your spouse. Yeah, like, that's right. <laughs> like, man, you know, there's something there probably. Yeah. Yeah. Keep working, shopping that. You'll get there. Sure, sure. All right. Well, hey, if you liked this episode, be sure to look us up at beyondsundaypodcast.com where you can find all... Uh, how many... 
400 plus episode? No. no 200. 200 plus. Gosh. Four years. That's it. Four years. There's not 100 weeks in a year. Uh, 200 plus Fair episodes. Uh, you can find them all there. Uh, you can send us an email with your suggestions for a slogan for Shift All. Don't do uh, we'll that. be sure to send it in. <laughs> uh, you can send that at beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. We don't want those emails. We want emails, but not those emails. <laughs> I'll take those emails. It could be funny. Yeah. Who knows? All right. But, uh, Rembrandt had some uh, faith Christian art. I think you meant Van Gogh. Van Gogh. He had some Christian <laughs> so art. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. I mean, Rembrandt might have too. But, but we Rembrandt ta- did. Yeah. We were talking about Van Gogh. Van Gogh, so. yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, like, even, like, Starry Night, like, oh, part of the awesome symbolism is the stars are lit up, the city's lit up, but the church is not, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Because it's haunted? Is that why? I know, I, I know some <laughs> things about art. <laughs> not much. I know that. But I know that. <laughs> he cut off his ear. Van Gogh did, yeah. Yeah. Or at least part of it. Yeah. That's do you know, an do you know why? story, too. It's what, to impress a girl, I think, right? Yeah. That's what I've heard. I don't know. Is that, is that true? You went to the exhibit. Well, he got in a fight with his friend and uh, was uh, either inebriated or definitely in uh, in a state of psychosis. Definitely, yeah. um, <laughs> And in the wake of this disagreement, um, cut off his ear. I'm gonna say I knew nothing about the story, but I could have guessed that he was either inebriated or in a psychosis yeah. if he cut well, off his ear. Well, he like was in and out of states of psychosis throughout his Nobody life. Nobody is sure, like I'm just gonna you know straight you know m- mentally you know astute and sober is like. Let's cut this year off. Like, <laughs> I don't need that. Let's get rid of it. I need to experience the world in a different way. Can today. you still hear it? Like, because I'm assuming he didn't like cut out his inner I'm ear. Sure, he can still hear. So if you just like cut off, I don't off. know. There's a couple portraits of him where his ear is bandaged. Sure. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I bet he could. How much does the external part of the ear affect your? Well, I'm hearing? sure it helps, right? Like it yeah. helps like guide sound to that canal. So if you have bigger ears, can you hear better? That's why, like in old timey things, they have like that little like record player thing like poking out of their ear. Sure. You know, like. <laughs> that's you that's me doing that yeah yeah <laughs> we all got that yeah. are we done yet <laughs> maybe okay bye everybody i'm gonna cut off my ear to win this <laughs> <Yeah>. fight <Okay. laughs> all right thanks for listening everybody we'll be back next week with more beyond sunday <laughs>